You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. Permit me to read just the opening verse of our Old Testament lesson for today, recorded in Daniel chapter 6. When Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Daniel was thrown to the lions simply for praying. That has to hit home with us, right? Because that's something we do. In fact, we've already done it today. It's just that we've been able to do that without any threat of physical punishment. But not Daniel. Let's dig a little deeper into Daniel's situation. As soon as the decree went out that no one was to pray to any god or worship anything else other than the king, Daniel had a decision to make. He could either worship the king and in so doing save his life and also save his job in what was one of the most powerful nations of the world at the time. Or he could keep his allegiance to the one true God, pray to him, and be thrown to the lions for a a terrible death. But was there really any decision at all to be made? Even if Daniel had decided he would go and pray to the true God in secret, that would have been a confession of fear. That would have been sending the people the message and ultimately God the message that it's okay to pray to God when things are going well but not when there's a price to be paid, not when there's the fear of some sort of punishment. So no, there really wasn't a decision to be made. Daniel, with the strength God provided, went and prayed just as he had done before. And what did he pray for? Well, what would you pray for under such circumstances? Actually, here's where we learn a a valuable lesson from Daniel. The first thing we're told about Daniel's prayers is this. He got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. The first thing Daniel did when his life was on the line is give thanks to God. Now, I don't know about you, but that makes me feel pretty foolish. Because how easy it is For me to let my thanksgiving to God be determined upon circumstances in life. If things are going well, praise God from whom all blessings flow. And if things are not going so well, why God? Woe is me. How could this happen to me? Give me this. Give me that. But we don't see or hear any of that in in Daniel. Oh, he was well aware of the king's edict. 
He was well aware that there was a conspiracy on his life. He was well aware that praying most likely meant dying. And yet he thanks God. No threats, no punishment, not even death itself changed Daniel's loyalty to the one and only God. Obviously, Daniel was a man of the word because that's the only place you get such strength and courage and faith like that. But Daniel's prayers weren't only filled with thanksgiving. We learn that those who were spying on him found Daniel praying and asking God for help. Maybe he did ask to be spared from the lions. Who knows? But because Daniel was a man of the word, we know for sure that his prayers were followed up with, Lord, your will be done. Even if I am thrown to the lions, may I remain faithful to you, my Lord and my God. There Daniel is, and, and we can't underestimate the fact that he was one of the most powerful people in the land, even as a foreigner. And yet he was in a helpless situation, a very desperate situation, and he was not afraid to ask for help. He wasn't too proud to ask for help. It's because he was a man of the word in good days and in bad. And things were bad, really bad. He literally was thrown to the lions. It's somewhat easy for us, believe it or not, to, to overlook that, uh, that part of the account because we've heard it so often. We know how it ends, right? But Daniel didn't know how it ended. He had no idea how it was going to end, so how tempting it would have been for him as they walked him right up to the opening of that den to simply recant and repent of his ways and say, sorry, king, my bad, and save his life. But he didn't do that because he, he was a man of the word, even when he's th literally thrown to the lion. But guess who had a better night of sleep that night? Daniel or Darius, the king? Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating, without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. Daniel in the lion's den had a better night of sleep than Darius in his palace. It's obvious, again, because Daniel was a man of the word, Darius wasn't. Daniel had tapped into the world's most powerful resource, the Word, throughout his life, and now he's prepared for a night like this. Not Darius, though. Daniel had a better night of sleep than, than, than Darius. I mean, what, what are we to, to learn from all of this? Because no one here has been thrown to the lions yet. We don't face that type of persecution. So what are we ultimately to learn from Daniel and the lion's den? Well, maybe we won't be thrown to the lions, but anytime we're faithful to the word, there is a very real possibility that we can be persecuted in one way or another. We just might lose very close relationships with loved ones because we love God's word more. 
We just might lose out on that promotion at work because of our worship priorities here. We just might lose a friend because we're not willing to go along with everyone else because God's word tells us a different way. We might lose prospects here at Risen Savior because we refuse to yield to human reason and stay faithful to the word. Not being thrown to the lions, really, but persecution nonetheless. So just how are we going to react when we face godless leaders? How are our college students doing when they enter the classroom of an arrogant and atheistic professor? How are we to let our light shine in a world where morality is tossed out the window? And what are we to do if, when Christians in this country are thrown to the lions? Are we prepared? Are you prepared? Maybe another important question to ask is, are you scared? Are you scared to, to let your faith shine in this world for everyone to see, regardless of what's going to happen? If you are, you aren't alone. Even one of Jesus' very own disciples, Peter, the rock, had his moments. So if we are afraid, what do we do? Well, we turn to the powerful Word of God. Here are some words of encouragement for you in your situation. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Psalm 34, verse 7. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord, who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Psalm 91. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That last reference, words penned by the Apostle Paul, who also knew a little bit about persecution and yet remained faithful in it. But I suppose if we're going to talk about remaining faithful, even when times get tough, we need to talk about more than Daniel, Paul, Martin Luther. The ultimate example of remaining faithful is our Lord and God. As he made the promise to you, he made the promise to me and to the whole world that he was going to send a Savior, and that's exactly what he did. He remained faithful to that word. And just consider this. God spared Daniel's life in the lion's den. He did not spare his own son's life on the cross. Talk about remaining faithful to his promises. And consider this. Daniel, as he was taken to the lion's den, didn't know if he would live or die. He probably had a pretty strong indication. But he ultimately did not know if he would die or live. Jesus, when he was taken captive and taken to the cross, knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew he was going to die. And yet he remained faithful. 
for you and me and the whole world, even at the point of death. And ultimately, Jesus' faithfulness to us is what forgives us for our lack of faithfulness to him and to his word. But Jesus doesn't just address our pasts. He also secures us in, in the future, too. So do you want to have that same faithfulness as Daniel? Well, then stick close to Jesus and his word. You want the same faithfulness as Daniel? Well, then be inspired by the incredible, sweet message of mercy and grace. You want the same faithfulness as Daniel? Well, then take his lead and be people of prayer. Heed the own invitation that our Savior gives to us. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You want the same faithfulness of Daniel? Well, then also listen to the warning our dear Savior gives us that leads us to realize persecution is a possibility. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. And let us also consider one other key detail. We live in a much more dangerous situation than Daniel in the literal lion's den. As our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 1 Peter 5, verse 8. The next morning, the king, Darius, got up, hurried to the den, and called in and asked, Daniel, has your God been able to rescue you from the lions? Oh, yes. God is able to rescue, and he did rescue. And there's the similarity between Daniel and us. We might not be able to relate in regards to being thrown into a lion's den, but we can relate this way. It wasn't Daniel who saved himself from those lions. It was God who saved him. In the same way, it is not us who save ourselves from the even more vicious enemies of sin, death, and the devil, and the den of hell it's God who does that. It's God in his Son who does the saving, every ounce of it. And that's why he can be trusted and why we can remain faithful to his word even if we are persecuted for it. And before you leave today, there's, there's one thing I have to, to leave with you. This is what I want you to take home with you this week. It came across my computer in a devotion this week. Maybe you read it too. But listen to these three or four sentences. Only in God's word can we hear God's promise of protection and peace. Only in God's word do we find a true guide through the trials and troubles of life. Situations change, but our prayers stay the same. Lord, keep us steadfast in your word. God's answer to that prayer stays the same too. Because of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we have God's promise of protection now and always. Lord, keep us steadfast to your word. 
Amen. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us. Thank you.